In this episode of The Full Nerd, Windows 7 is dead. CES postmortem and your questions answered. Damn, one take. Look at that. Yeah, 2020. See? It's going to be that Damn. way the whole year. Uh, thank you, Terry Gross, for being on. I just want to thank uh, the NPR. And there's a pledge drop going on. Uh, welcome to The Full Nerd, <laughs> episode 121. I'm your host, Gordon Ung, with Elaine Yee. Hi, everyone. Brad is uh, testing hard work. Can I talk about that? And Adam Patrick Murray is controlling the horizontal and vertical. Uh, Gordon, I'm sporting this awesome shirt because I'm killing time here with PC World and the Full Nerd Crew. Uh, from CES 2020, uh, AMD was cool enough to give us a bunch of shirts to give away. So, uh, we will talk about that in the episode uh, for audio what listeners. Do- what we'll, are you doing we'll with talk about later. We're going to give them away, man. All people, right. people love the shirt. Uh, I will say the first one, you don't even need to work for it. The first one goes to a friend of the show, Ziv, for being awesome in the whoa, Discord whoa, all the time. Whoa, so, yeah. Really? yeah, first one, just straight to Ziv. Okay. Yeah, I'm just giving shirts away. It's just, yeah, uh, yeah. Message me on Discord. We'll, we'll talk about that We need stuff. a t-shirt cannon in here, I think. Uh, a t-shirt cannon. <laughs> yeah, we should totally That's the way to do it. Totally get a t-shirt and then you cannon. you fire it at the camera? You know, my school used to do... Bur- in 3D. My school used to actually throw burritos into the stands as well, and I was actually afraid of those, because I always, I always thought they were just going to explode upon, you know, impact. Well, how how well how well wrapped were they? That's what I was afraid. Like, uh, okay. I did, that's what I was afraid of. I didn't know how well wrapped they were. <laughs> they, they really threw <laughs> burritos into the stands? Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, I'm sure that's like an executive decision somewhere up top. And they're like, oh, burritos would be awesome. I mean, the other students like them. They didn't have my fears of, you know, being just coated in, you know, burrito that you wish that you could have have eaten, but now is on the floor. I just think it would be, yeah, to me, I I would just envision it like they didn't really think it through and then they just explode as it comes out of the cannon, firing at everybody. They weren't using the cannon. They were using the the cannon. Fire the burrito off. (laughs) 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 They were using using the cannon for the t-shirts. That's that's actually a good sound effect. Yeah, it's a more. You'd, you'd be you'd be really good at uh, ASMR, Gordon. No, uh, we also have we have Goran Goran from uh, Croatia. Welcome uh, from Croatia. That's a fun. That's one. usually. Oh wait, wait, is this where you do name. the name the, the the name attempt? Oh yeah, we'll see if they show up. Right. Um, I think it was what uh, John John Jojix. <laughs> Something like that. Um, hey, and we also we have a wild acorn, uh, first time watching live. This right. is cool. That's cool, welcome. right? Right. Welcome, it's crazy. Welcome. You, he can welcome you. You can ask a question later. But, but what uh, are we talking about, man? This just in. Death knell. Flash news from Redmond, Washington. Windows seven died at twelve oh one a.m. Pacific Standard Time. <laughs> That's pretty you good. You don't even know. You don't even Please know. repeat. The, the Please I, repeat. The glasses. I got it. I yeah, got it. Like these are Cronkite esque. Like, yeah, they this are. Like 1950s. I got it. Just needs to be in black and white. Uh, in Windows Seven, dead. Yeah, I I feel like the uh, postscript to that message was, and you knew it was coming. So if this is catching you by surprise, too bad. It is interesting because I have had people comment. Uh, there was uh, somebody over in the in in the lunchroom, and they said, "Hey, uh, I didn't upgrade." I said, "Oh, you didn't get you know, all those good deals." It's like, "Oh no, no, I missed the Windows Seven upgrade." Yeah, well, okay, to Windows Ten. So no one's really really missed it. Yeah, and that's how I said, "Hey, you can still try the upgrade." Uh, as I understand it, the uh, the Windows Seven upgrade still works for some people. Open, sometimes it's a it's an open secret. It's a loophole that Microsoft doesn't 
seem to care about fixing just yet. So. Uh, real quick, uh, Dot uh, MCL would like to know the cause of death. Uh, the cause of death? Uh, Neglect. It's 10 years old, which... <laughs> <laughs> Windows 7 was 10 years old. Now, you know, the thing about... When you think about operating systems, 10 years old is like dog years, right? It's like probably worse. Like 10-year-old operating system is like 100 and, I don't know, 50 years old or something like that. Windows no, 7 there's, there's still people... Ancient. We we have uh, we got a, a bunch of people in the chat say they, they still use Windows 7. and uh, No, no. I, and that's just, and it's kind of one of the things that where I think... Uh, people don't know this because Windows Vista is dead. They killed it, what, two two years ago? I They're like, Vista. oh, that went nowhere. Let's get rid of it. <sighs> so they killed Vista, and Vista came out after it's 7 and replaced 7. Right? Is that right? Yeah. So, and it, they killed it already. So No, 7 came out. Oh, right. 7 was Vista, then 7. God, I got it backwards. Yeah, so yeah. actually, Vista outlived 7 in some ways, except nobody wanted it. Windows 7 is different because uh, no one, everybody, you can only get Windows 7 out of their cold, dead hard drives and the, <laughs> one of the reasons why was because we were so relieved to have windows 7 after the vista years yeah well and yeah, which one do you think was disaster. harder to kill uh, uh hard ocp uh friend of the show kyle oh, hey, says kyle. uh look we got a free uh, they still should have skipped him in. <laughs> they still have a, a windows xp box up and running i feel like xp was even harder to kill than seven like I, there was yeah the xp yeah. thing was drug I, on for a while i mean while. sometimes you go places and it's actually concerning when it's like an atm and you see that it's still running off of xp Ooh. Yeah. yeah and the thing is i think i mean maybe that's the one thing is we wrote a lot of news about it everybody's like oh it's finally dead but if anybody thinks Windows 7 is going away anytime soon, it will not, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's still going to continue on unpatched in some machines. And then I guess some pe corporate customers are paying extra, extra money to get some patches, right? Critical security patches. I forget what it is, but it's uh, not, it'll be like Windows XP and it'll just drag on for a horrible Walking Dead season 12. Yeah, uh, I wish uh, it was dead. Uh, Brent says that Windows Seven outlived Vista and Windows Eight. Oh, okay, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> Windows Eight. That's, I can't Windows remember. Windows Eight replaced that. Windows Seven and died or er, died mean, earlier. I mean, technically, technically, there's Windows Eight still getting support for I think another year and a half. Yeah, technically getting yeah. support, but, but I, I don't. Yeah, no I don't know anybody. About, no yeah. one cares about it. Uh, Jonas says Windows Eight was born dead. It was. Yeah, it was a mistake. I actually still run it on. Um, one of my primary machines at home because I just am too lazy to, to upgrade. Is it just touch screen? Is that why? Well, it was an enterprise version that I had and it just, mm. you know, it never got that great. You're just basically left in limbo forever. So yeah. I do need to, I, I do need to replace that entire box. Well, I want to know. So I do have a windows seven laptop that I've kept a couple windows seven laptops. That I just kept, I mean, I could have upgraded them. I knew that the upgrade, the free official free upgrade cycles there, but I was like, you know what? I want to keep Windows 7 and Windows 7, running Windows 7 box around. But you guys are, like, totally giving up on it at this I point? haven't. I actually still run my primary machine on Windows 7. What do you do now? I'm going to have to upgrade. But you've been taking those night classes, so you can get Windows 10. <laughs> Why? What are you waiting for? for I have For it. people who don't know, Elena goes to night courses just to get Windows 10 Not night courses, online courses. Online easier. courses. And then she lies. You know, like, oh, you're gonna. I'll meet you in the quad later. Yeah, yeah. No, no, kind of just pretend you be a student. I go to class. That's like I don't do my homework. It's like I Jump go to Street. Class, it's like Jump so Street 22. You're like all like pretending to be a college student just to get your free copy of Windows. It's just okay. But no, uh, I, I. So you do joke. have a Windows just keep 7. Going. It's gonna go on forever. Adam, you got any Windows Seven boxes? Uh, no, no. I I can't think of anything. No, 
I'm what? pretty much on 10. No, yeah. this guy is not the type of guy to hang on to outdated technology. Yes. Yeah, I don't... I mean, all the, all the stuff I use, you know what I mean, that, that I rely on, Adobe stuff, gaming, yeah. you know what I mean, all that yeah. stuff, like, runs best on newer newer OS's. So, yeah, it's yeah. a bummer I, not I, to I keep it up to date. DX12 and all the other stuff. But, you know, it's really funny, because I'm just thinking about, like, why Windows 7? Like, people... Uh, it, Windows 7 will be like Windows XP. People just will not want to let go of it. 8 and Vista, yeah, sure. You could, it was a good OS. You could dump that overboard. It, the thing is, it was a great OS. It's funny to like fire up my Windows 7 laptop and I can search for a file and it finds it. <laughs> Whereas like Windows 10, I, I don't know. Sometimes it finds it. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it, it's like sends me to the internet for a file on my machine. That's not the, you know, it's just. Yeah. I don't understand why Microsoft just doesn't understand that core frustration with Windows 10. I know there's like the people that are afraid about the privacy issues, but to me, it's just that Windows 7 was fast, responsive. It found things on your computer. Why, why in the world can't you do that in Windows 10? Even with the 12 patches, I mean, upgrades we've had. Well, yeah, cause, I mean, because they have all those hooks to, to the internet, like you said. You know, it, it wants to try to link you to services, and Windows 10 is all about service integration, I, right? I don't really believe that, though. But I think they understand you're going in and you're typing, you know, something dot .doc or dot .text or .xls. You want that file. But, like, oftentimes Windows will just not... I mean, Windows 8 had the same issue. Windows 8 and 10 just can't find files. Is that me? No. No, sorry, that was me. I need to... I, I just, it's, that it's, shut up. It's one of the most frustrating things this about is, Windows I'm, 10. I'm I listening. What else is there that you do you, you think... Why are you still on Windows 7, Elena? Uh, well, partially because I'm using... <laughs> Can't cost me money if I'm going if I'm getting a free license through my school, right? Um, no, I for me it's because I have software like what I would call a legacy software at this point that I'm not sure is going to work with Windows 10, like some of the power toys, things like that. Oh, um, and I'm just kind of you know reluctant to give that up. But at this point, though, because as much as Microsoft gets knocked on for Windows 10 and privacy and blah 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 all this stuff, it is a very secure OS. It definitely has fewer security risks than eight or seven did. That's true. That's what are you going to do now, though? Like I'm going to have to either live in a world without those power toys, uh, or I don't find an alternative solution because I'm not really willing to risk the security part of it. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'm not looking forward to is all those notifications. Like, like I use when I use laptops, you know, here at work, or you know, when we're doing tests. So it always says things like, hey, you turned on your VP VPN. Hey, you turned off your VPN. Hey, you know what? Your password's going to expire on this piece of software that you don't care about. So I know I can turn those off, and I haven't gone around to it yet. But the I fact just that press it's, the button to say focus assist. The fact that it's default just really drives me crazy. Is it? Yeah, it is a little crazy if you leave it on. And then this sort of like you're trying to type, and then you get this suddenly pop over. It doesn't really move your cursor, thank God, but you're just sort of like, it covers up what you're typing, especially yeah. on a small panel. Yeah. Like at CES, I, it was killing me. I don't understand why you can't customize where those notifications pop up on the screen either. Yeah. Or the, or even the size of them or the mm -hmm. transparency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, super I, annoying. that is weird, which I do what you do. I just mute all notifications. I don't, yeah. I don't get any notifications. Yeah. And um, it's a classic problem of once you've you muted them, when you actually like, oh, this alarm because the house is on fire, you're not going to get it because mm -hmm. you muted it. it. It's a bummer. Exactly. There are important notifications you would like to have. I mean, I, I rely on the uh, the icons in the bottom. Like, if I see a little red Slack, you know, circle on my Slack, it's like, okay, I should address that. You know, most of this, like, or Discord, most of the stuff that I, I, 
I need to address. I usually don't rely on notifications because I, I usually try to at least stay focused on what I'm working on and not get distracted. But then if they're there, if I want to do a quick glance down and be like, oh, okay, I got a notification from a from a, a piece of software. But Yeah. What else could we do to make Windows 10 more livable? Any ideas? No. Livable? Well, more like Windows 7. I mean, there are ways to... I'm sure there's... I mean, I, I, honestly, I think there, the but. search stuff is, is the hardest part, like you said, where it's just like, you just want to search for what's on the machine, but Windows 10 wants to give you other information, yeah. even ads. I've also found that what it brings up is almost dependent on whether or not it's finished, you know, reading the index of your drives. True, yeah. So, like, when you first boot a machine, if you immediately type in, like, updates because you want to run, like, check for updates, it will start bringing up Bing searches because it hasn't finished cataloging what it needs to catalog locally and then if you give it like maybe 15 to 20 seconds then if you type it again it'll actually bring up the thing that you wanted yeah so that's kind of a weird feature in my opinion yeah or like if uh you know if i'll search for like premiere pro because i want to open it up it'll it'll give me all the options to like open files as well you know but i'm like nah, i just want to open up the program uh so yeah uh so who's it um sorry um steve says uh prevent unwanted reboots in windows 10 that was definitely one i had to shut off especially like i can't have windows rebooting right in the middle of you know the show a a show you know so (laughs) that was easily one of the first things i I went in and turned off for for damn sure yeah you know it's another really handy one to do if you go in and sometimes it actually does find it if you go and you search for privacy so hit the windows key search for privacy uh, there's a checkoff. Show me suggested content in the settings app. Now, where the heck is it? Uh, yeah, uh, Devinish never... in Discord uh, linked to a How to Geek article about how to disable Bing in the Windows 10 start menu. Yeah, that'd be to, good. I'll check that out. You know, but I think the problem is you don't want to have to go read it. You just kind of like one executable that'll do it for you. But, I think... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, but there is... Uh, there is... Is it activity history? Where is it? There is... There's a way to turn off Windows 10 launching the last apps you had open mm-hmm. after a reboot. I forget it's an it's under privacy. Oh yeah, I, I always turn I that always off. have to. I always yeah. have to look it up because it's just something you you can't commit to to memory for some reason. Yeah. One of the things that I actually feel gets worse with every iteration of Windows, and I guess it's not quite the same because we're going to be on Windows 10 indefinitely. But I felt like when we went from Windows XP to even Windows 7, and then to Windows 10, or even 8, and then 10, they keep burying all the options right like now this menu has been like this particular set of settings has been moved off to this menu and and then it's just weird because you can tell they have like legacy stuff that's linked to like their new user interface stuff and it's just very confusing like i miss the days of windows 2000 where it was it was administrator focused and everything was just surfaced for you you know like just visible and available you didn't have to go digging for it right uh Okay, here we go. I'm, I'm looking for this because this it just annoys me because I'm often using so many different computers all the time. Start. Oh, no, this is no, this is the wrong answer here, Microsoft. While you're still looking, I will also add one of my least favorite things about Windows 10 um, that I don't think many people run into just because they're not having to deal with you know, resetting systems and, you know, you know, uh, booting systems for the first time like we do because we're doing all the testing. Cortana. Talking by default. Oh. It's the worst. I, oh. uh, hey there. 
Hey, yeah. I'd like to help you. Uh, I'd like to help you set up, but you can't literally touch any button until I'm done talking and also, then tell you, hey, by the way, you can mute me. Also, I'm going to do this at an obnoxiously loud volume uh, because the laptop was set this way. Yeah. And now I've disturbed all your coworkers <laughs> while they're working uh, yet again. Yeah, it's horrible. It's the worst. These are all wrong. This is the problem. <laughs> and this is what I mean about settings and trying to find your way back to things. Yeah, that's why it's a bummer. Like yeah. everybody's like, yeah, I'm not. This is just a simple <laughs> click button, not a registry edit. It's just like, <sighs> who has this correct? Well, but yeah, anyway, forget it. Yeah, forget pe- it. people say, hey, Windows 2000. We get we got some uh, some nostalgia for Windows 2000 in there. Also, yeah. uh, people would like to point out, uh, you know. You can get pretty good support in Linux if you want to switch over, Elena. Yeah. It's true, but it, that definitely won't su- support my power toys. I have a marginal chance of them working in Windows 10. I don't. I have a zero chance of them working in Windows, or sorry, Linux. Yeah, and you know, I do think one of the, the hard things is um, if you like new hardware, shiny new stuff, you mm. really have to have a new operating system. This is where all of the support for new hardware drivers and everything is, is being done is in windows 10. So you're sort of like, you're, you're sort of stuck. I mean, I, I, I know we all love windows seven. We all mourn its demise, but windows 10 as a hardware nerd, you, you gotta, you gotta embrace it. Unfortunately for some I people, know. if you're and Can't honestly, get your ray tracing without it, I, you know, I, I'm, I've made my piece with it. I, I actually, I know people, there's a lot of, there's a lot of paranoia. There's a lot of hate on windows 10, but, it's not Windows 8 weird interface and everything. It, it it really is a good operating system. There are some things that would be nice if we could we could saw off of it, but you you know they're easy to disable. You have to do the work to do it, but it, it, overall the OS is it's stable, it's secure, and it supports all the latest hardware. So yes, you, you just have like I would say the only downside, like true downside to it, besides all these minor nitpicks that we're talking about, is if you're buying super cheap hardware. And you literally don't have enough room to handle the updates. Yeah, that's. I mean, where are you getting where you're thirty? Where you're limited by? I mean, that really is like a thirty-two gig, sixty-four gig issue. And then cheap hardware is one. You're lucky one terabyte hard drive. You wish you had an SSD. So I just think like, I don't think. It's a very small use case I'm talking about, but we we have tested machines where yeah. like HP the, Streambook, yeah, from years ago, but. The, I, the compute sticks, things like that, yeah. where you're just so limited. You have no chance of really upgrading that memory. Well, but so, I, or sorry, expanding that storage. That is one of the curses of us of the PC is it's a big tent. We have everybody from 32 core Threadripper machines down to compute sticks. Soon 64. Six, soon 64 in the tent, everywhere in between. And again, people give Microsoft credit. They don't throw you overboard immediately. Right. There's some. There's some. They just make you swim really hard. No, but there's some <laughs> companies. Parts of the ten. But I mean, again, compute stick works. I can run Windows 10. I've run it on Pentium Four systems. I've run it on on Atom. So you can run it. I know. There are companies in this area that sell very expensive computers that are happy to take you and throw you overboard mm. to make it better. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think people should give Microsoft credit for doing that. The PC is built on legacy. It's our strength and it's our weakness. So. I, I think that's, you know, yeah. I mean, at one point, it's like, how much do you hold everybody back from the slowest POS compute stick with 32 gigs of storage? You know, Cherry Trail. I mean, that's just like, do we really want to slow down the entire growth of, of the PC ecosystem for just for that machine? Or do we just like, 
push you off overboard, you know? I mean, it's pretty clear what's happened. Well, no, but you can still run it. You can, you can still run it. It's, just a pain. It. it's just a royal pain in the butt. That's I all. mean, the, the, but the same thing applies to Apple. You know what I mean? Like, I, I remember I, I, I ran a, like a Snow Leopard box forever, even even after they had, had stopped uh, supporting it. But that that was like the the last um, the last OS to to do um, Final Cut Pro Seven, yeah. like solidly. You know what I mean? So I just I stuck on that forever. Uh, back when I was a Mac right. guy, but I mean, there for Apple, there's there's earlier there's I think some Arendelle Clarkdale laptops they they've stopped supporting. They've they've definitely stopped supporting Xeon towers, right? Which is insane because there's plenty of power and storage and memory to to support those Xeons, but they just won't because why would why why would we do that when you can just fix that by buying a brand new Apple? I mean, that's sort of their philosophy. I know on the PC that some people see it that way, but again, legacy is our strength and it's our weakness on the PC. So uh, I, I just, but yeah, Windows Seven is dead. I just, what do we say to those Windows Seven people? Because you know, there's going to be people like I'm still going to run it. Like, like I, my my Windows Seven laptop, I'll just basically never go online with it again because it's way too dangerous at a certain. That's point. exactly what I was going to say. That's what you say to them, right? You yeah. shut the air gap it as they call it, right? Just kind of like, no, if you can survive without the internet, then yeah. But which I mean, you can. I would say it's more likely than phones, right? I mean, one of the reasons why I, I know you two like Pixel phones is because you get the newest updates quickest, right? You know, and so so it makes sense on the phone, which you know is always connected to the internet and you know, being able to reach people. So you want the newest quick, you know, quickest updates. Right. But on a laptop, if you can get away with, yeah, you know, just using it for a special use case. Like I, I still have an old MacBook pro that I use just for uh, pro tools. Cause I don't like the way pro tools works on, on windows. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, I think there's plenty of people out there who still have old hardware just locked into one thing. Yeah, phones are a perfect example of of where we don't want the PC to go. And I know that everybody sort of thinks that's where Microsoft is trying to edge it to be more like a phone. But I I think I would it would be it would be against all things the PC has stood for for a Windows laptop to be like a phone, which is you use it for three years, you throw it in a pile of garbage, and you buy a new one because you're not getting the latest OS update. I mean that's just horrible, right? I mean it's just horrible that that is the business model that. All Android exists on, which is we're not going to support you. Not just Android, Apple as well. No, they they will give you security up there. I mean, you could no, like after a certain point they phase it out. Yeah, but I mean, like iPhone six success will probably go out next year, I think. But like fives are like five, fives are like six years old. Yeah, I mean they they go further back, but it's still at some point they yeah, they yeah. Knock but they're off. Apple, and again, I knock Apple out, but I'm going to give them credit. They at least push you security updates. Yeah, those security updates and OS updates kill your performance. But you got your least a secure Android. It's very much like you know, you're overboard immediately. I mean, Android phones are like two years later. Throw it away. Throw away your thousand dollar phone because you're not getting any updates. And I know people are like, well, it's more secure. What blah, blah blah. Yeah, well, that's because it's not really being targeted. And we've clearly seen a change in security on on phones than we did from ten years ago. Right now, it, would you, would you go on the internet and go to a bunch of sketchy sites with? an android phone it's it's pretty risky it's pretty risky there too and it's going to get only going to get worse but again we don't want the pc to be like phones i think in my my view i i would hate for the pc to ever get i don't think anyone's advocating for that (laughs) well i mean people but but i also don't like the double standard of like oh we need to support everything all the way back to you know to adam to pentium 4 pentium 3 which i'm pretty sure you can still probably install windows 10 on 
but then, you know, we want all that support and I hate you, Microsoft, but hey, you know, Google, go ahead, throw us all overboard, right? Chromebooks, insanity. There are Chromebooks that you want, you get three years of use out of five, what, three or four years out of a Chromebook? That was a five year life cycle. Oh, wow. Five years. I mean, Don't to me, that's me just that. like, even though it's like, that is unacceptable for light OS that, you know that basically could be supported forever because you don't do anything in that Chromebook except, you know, browse and you don't really need heavy duty performance to take that and to, to make you throw it away and buy a new one is criminal. If you ask me, that's never where I hope the PC ever gets right. That, I mean, that would just be horrible. And now we're all talking about this because it's so, it's such a dour day because you know, windows seven dead. Yeah. Pour, pour one out, you know, for, for windows seven. I had plenty of good times on Windows 7. It was good. Better than Vista and, and 8. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. clearly Windows 7 is is one of those, like, will be fondly remembered f- for many, many years as being, you know, probably Microsoft's best OS, right? If you think about it. Also, and luckily, they came back after the disaster of, Win- of Vista. I mean, I remember, I, I wasn't Nobody even that deep it. in the computer space, but even I knew, like, Vista was a huge failure, and like, yeah. and, send, and 7 kind of turned it around. Vista was so, tough. Good for them. <laughs> I mean, in a lot of ways, you know, and, and, and of course, we all talk about them like they're new. They're not really new. It's not like, oh, let's start over. Everybody start over. No, yeah. They just, they just modify the code. Windows 7 was Vista, taking all the lessons they learned from Vista. And they kind of had that pattern for a while, right? Well, not a while, but they had that pattern also with XP because they had Windows 98, which was whew, hot garbage. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't great, but, you know, it's it's one of those things where, again, it's that whole legacy thing. It's all the legacy support and having to, you know, Windows Windows XP to Vista was a huge change for everything Windows, right? That was a massive change in uh, infrastructure, everything underneath. And people, of course, naturally got angry because it was a huge, huge, everything broke. They broke audio. There's so many things that broke because they had to throw out a bunch of legacy stuff. And it was horrible, and they got beat over the head over it. And, you know, Windows 7, which, let's face it, was reskinned Windows Vista, a bunch of stuff, you know, trimmed off, was awesome, and then everybody was happy again. But it, at that same time, we'd sort of moved on to the, the New World Order by then. We'd sort of, like, we'd gotten rid of that. It's hard. To, it's really, really hard to dump legacy hardware. People get angry when you do it. And we, we you know, the PCA dumped legacy hardware with that move. So I think it's fair. I but feel, yes, it was horrible. <laughs> I feel like really the biggest significance of the fact that today is Windows last day, uh, Windows 7 last day on Earth kind of thing, is how many of us here in this room and listening are going to be inundated with requests from friends and family for help. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. I know I already have I already have it in my calendar that I have to upgrade my parents. And it's going to be a headache because it's not just upgrading my parents. It's also sitting down and telling them that everything's kind of the same, even though it looks completely different. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. Retraining that muscle memory is going to suck. Well, you know, and it is, you know, of course, the PC OEMs look favorably toward the end of Windows 7 because there will be literally tens of millions, if not a hundred million people that will go, okay, I got to buy something new. And... Rather than retrofit some old POS, it would be you get a brand new all-in-one running on an SSD with plenty of RAM and you know brand new multi-core processor versus paying for that they're still running because they won't let go of it. Then it's a great opportunity for that. I think this would be a good time to sell them on something instead of retrofitting. I mean, a lot of people will want to say, "Oh, can I just like no, just don't, just buy something new." Mm. I feel 
It makes your life better. I mean, depending you, on where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. Depending maybe, on where maybe you're they're at ready. Who knows? Yeah. But I mean, this is a good time to sort of do it because, you know, I, I had a relative and, uh, I don't want to get too specific because then I'll, I'll get a ration. Uh, I'll get called out, but this person used, uh, it was like a, I went over there and it was first when I was dating my wife and it was a penny four with XP, I think. You know, it was already old at that time. It was already like, this is a, this is a POS, you know, ancient <laughs> cheap Dell box that it already had. And then it's like, oh, you know, you could do this or this is like, and then the person went on and bought a, a, a uh, 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 oh, what is that? an iMac, an all in one iMac, right? Beautiful machine. It's like, and you know, very, very happy. It's like, wow, Apple is so much better than Windows because of this PC, right? It's like, you have the Toyota Corolla. With 295,000 miles on it, you know, like the windows didn't roll down, the, the seat had like, it was kind of half leaning and it didn't start half the time because it was ancient. And then you go out and you buy a brand new Lexus. What do you think you're going to like? It's going of course, it's going to feel awesome. I will say if that person had gone out and bought a brand new all-in-one PC, it would have been the same thing. It was like, wow, this thing is just beautiful and fast and all that. But it's it's definitely the... You will see people probably going, oh, Apples are so much nicer than PC now. Hey, speaking of which. Speaking of what? What? Are we moving to the next section? Do we? No, wait. What's the next section? The, oh, the, the CES, CES postmortem. I was just going to say. No, he's he's going to bring why? up something entirely different. <laughs> yeah. I was going to bring up just uh, okay. the fact that PC sales are up the first time in eight years, right? Oh yeah, we did. We did see that. Uh, uh, Mark had a, a great article on on PC World about it. Uh, both Gartner and our IDC, which is a part of the global IDG umbrella, uh, put out numbers about the the PC, and guess what? They're up. They're up, and uh, we, I just want to read off numbers because I think it's yeah. I I have a problem when when the media ignores good good news, but they only do bad news on a subject that that shows inherent bias in the media. I IDC again, Gardner, both say good things. I'm going to call out Gardner because it's not our, our sister unit, uh, but uh, they're saying Lenovo in first place, HP worldwide sales. Lenovo in first place was 6.6 growth, Q to, you know, uh, Q4 to Q4 19 to Q4 18. HP in second place worldwide, 5.4% growth. Dell, 12.1% growth. That's double digit. Uh, that growth is coming from Apple, which is down three, negative three percent. Asus down, you know, one percent, point point nine percent. Acer Group up three point five. All other, you know, PC sellers uh, down eleven point eight. Those are the the big OEMs. That's worldwide sales. U.S. The number one is HP, four point four percent up. Uh, Dell fifteen point nine percent. Dell is just knocking out of the double digits. And Lenovo also eleven point two percent sales up. Apple. 0.8% growth in the U.S., which is a troubling sign because the U.S. is one of the you know most richest markets. That's typically where Apple's strength is. That's not good. Oh wow, this is bad news though. Microsoft. So I'm gonna I'm gonna imagine this is only Surface units down 16.4% and others down 13.2. So basically, Surface cratered on Gordon Gardner's numbers and IDC's numbers pretty much similar. You know, Lenovo first worldwide, HP second, Dell third place, Apple fourth, negative. 5.3% uh, for the quarter. Acer, they're saying down 4.2. And then, oh, wait, that was U.S. And then for worldwide, Lenovo up 8.2. HP, number two, up 4.8. And Dell, 5.4% up. Apple down 2.2. And Acer down 4.4 uh, worldwide. They don't show the, the negative um, 
Microsoft numbers here. So at least the uh, at least the big three, the Lenovo, HP, and Dell, are are growing. Yeah, uh, after... and, which helped overall the PC sales grow. Uh, right, and this is this is, but this is obviously most mostly on the back of laptops, right? It's it's all I, I, they don't seem to break down. I have to look they at don't. the numbers in the report. They don't seem to break down. So for people who go like, well, where do they get these numbers from? So IDC and and Gardner, they will go out and they'll talk to Dell. They'll say, give me these numbers. What are you selling? Where are you selling them? And then they sort of mix them all up and. It's they don't exactly say what, as I understand it, they won't say like exact numbers. They don't want to give away secrets because these are closely held secrets. Because if your competition is weak in a market and you're a competitor, you know, you want to attack that market. So it's just enough to sort of give you an idea. Well, but it's at least stating that the Mac numbers don't include iPad, right? (sighs) These are just Macs. You know, I don't I must be. I mean, the weirdest thing about. Because remember, what wasn't it some of the, the same things that came out years ago of like, oh, the 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 iPad is is killing PCs, you right. know, like, and so I, I feel like I, I'm curious about that specifically, the the Apple stuff. I'm going to imagine that they have finally settled to not count iPads, iOS devices as PCs, but that, hope so. the, the sheer insanity that that that. Adam is talking about is where these companies, not necessarily IDC or Gardner, but a lot of analysts would come out and say, oh, my God, iPad is destroying PC. It's uh, iPad sales are up 20 percent or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the same breath, they would they would like oh PC sales. Yeah, look at these 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 tablet sales are awesome. They're just killing traditional PCs. <laughs> but then they would count like a surface or another slate tablet as a tablet against the PC where people yeah. are buying those devices. Not because they're great tablets, is because basically they were at the time awesome uh, mobile laptops, right? They were, uh, you know, yep. the sur- first Surface was an incredible device, changed everything. But they, the analysts didn't know how to count them. Is it is a Surface? They would, but no matter what, I will say again, not IDC and Gardner necessarily, but a lot of analyst houses would somehow shuffle the deck to make the numbers seem always bad for the PC. And, and then maybe that's just me being defensive, but when you count. Uh, when you count I, iOS sales for like, oh my, they would do things like they would lump Apple sales for, oh my God, Apple sales are killing PC. They would count iOS with Mac sales. <laughs> and then they would do like, and then they would do the same number against PC and count iOS as a tablet. It's just, it well, was just I mean, crazy. It, to be fair, in a lot of places, uh, I know specifically like India, you know, like a lot of people do just have smartphones and do a lot of their computing on their phones. And so, so you know, it, it is hard to say like, okay, well, where are you doing your computing tasks? A lot of people have just switched to a to a smartphone or an iPad. Yeah, no, and but that doesn't make do it that. a PC. Yeah, it's but it, you're, it's, you're, it's hard. It's, it doesn't. But if you're counting the number, I, I think anybody running any Windows based device is doing it for the capability. You want full service. You want to be able to work with your printer from ten years ago. You want all your software. And there's just some the reasons you buy a PC are the strengths. Again, back to the the legacy is our our strength, right? It's you can run all that old stuff on any PC. You get you have fine grained mouse and keyboard support on a, on, a, on a PC. You don't have that on iOS until like for God's sake for until 2019. So. Well, but and, and but also the the I mean the mouse support isn't like a true mouse support. It's it's like assistive. Feature. Is it really? Yeah, yeah no, it's like auto aimbot. <laughs> no, it's it's like something you put in in the the uh, accessibility options to to enable it. God, so you so know, like stubborn. so it's still not you know. That's the stubbornness but, that will. That, that is super stubborn that you have to. Allow we did a video it on it in Mac by, World. You know, couching it basically. 
No, it's just like the whole, like, one button's it. We're not going to do two button. Even though clearly two button mice were far superior to ridiculous, you know, curly Q plus app control at and then click. It's like, what? Just right mouse click. Oh, no. You just hit command, whatever. It was, they it's would not so do that for years. There, Gordon. Two button. No, I mean, yeah, but that was, that was just, that was that. It's elegant. Apple sometimes is just way too stubborn for its good. Like I think we'd all we this would be the Apple World show or whatever if they'd like <laughs> to simply World. like let's not be so stubborn let's just do it two button mouse and whatever. <laughs> but no, they weren't. They're they're, they're way too stubborn. Well, I, I got to say it was nice um, seeing that information after CES because I mean we even though I felt I felt like CES didn't have any like huge huge announcements. I mean, Ryzen four thousand on mobile is right. going to be a big thing, right? But it's not a big thing yet. We need to see performance we need to see laptops you know but the announcement was big it also wasn't as big as like last year you know when like third gen um ryzen you know was announced and stuff that on desktop you know what i mean so for for the space that we play in ces almost felt kind of like a a a ho-hum ces this year for me i mean for me it was like i've I've been to better ones (laughs) mm, i felt like it's like the difference when you're in like say a city for the first time and you're looking for a good place to eat like last year is one of those things where there's a lot of stuff that's terrible and is going to uh, put you in the bathroom for hours right but then there's that one thing like the one place you go to and you eat and the food's amazing it blows your mind you think oh, this city is awesome like i'm so glad i came I feel like this year is more like going to a city where everything, like all the restaurants are really, really solid. So because they're all really solid, you don't have anything that stands out so high that you get that kind of contrast between the experiences. I mean, I didn't see anything that bad last year. That would make me go to the bathroom. What do you, I don't know what you're talking about, but it's I, an analogy. I, let me point it's an this. Analogy. I'm going to point this out, Adam. Uh, my, my driver to the airport uh, said the Gold Coast casino has like the best chinese <laughs> award rest- winning no no he said it was, it was serious he said it has the best chinese food in all of las vegas and if you go there it will be lined up out the door uh also we skipped it to go to the the buffet <laughs> yeah your pick not mine uh and dennis says this where is, this is not the- a build stream we shouldn't be talking about food <laughs> where adam and i were the only people uh under 60 and without canes and walkers but also i mean i, I will say especially when we were talking around amd and the the, the laptop stuff i mean we're we're talking about we're in a good place there's there's lots of competition out there sure maybe not necessarily in like high-end gpu stuff like there's still a little lack of competition but for like the the low end we've been talking about the past couple years the mid-range pcs laptops like we're getting good competition we're getting good you know like we're in a good spot exactly why i'm so surprised that you say that you're not excited because i'm really excited for this year I'm excited. I mean, it's like, wow, we're, we're in a good spot, but you know, like there, like I felt like we came out of it like, okay, we're in a good spot, you know, like, and, I, and that's, it, it felt yeah. like it was reassuring what we already knew coming out of like the predictions here from last, last year or mm. pre- predictions episode, you know, like there was nothing that was like, oh, uh, uh, this is going to be a game changer. I mean, Ryzen 4000, I think will be a game changer. It just isn't yet. See, I think you're too used to the whole like, uh, 
cannons going off, fireworks, eagles, America kind of like reaction to like that kind of level of uh, uh, announcement. Because well, I mean, when when, when we're in it, I mean, you know, I mean, it's exci- when we're I mean, in it, <laughs> it's exciting, sure, like to get that kind of news. But to me, what's more exciting is the everyday like quality of life improvements and the fact that we're seeing so many vendors for components really putting their their attention to eliminating all of the, you know, like tiny headaches that add up when you're trying to make your build look good or just to get through it without it being a mess you know yeah and to me that's as exciting as when you know lisa sue stands on the stage and says hey did you want more cores because i got more cores i mean all shakes out to uh, a better experience for all of us on pc yeah yeah and it's good and then to to hear the numbers afterward you know and be like hey the the pc's in a good spot uh real quick uh lasalle rhymes gave us a ten dollars says uh welcome back great coverage last week thank you we worked our, our our booties off uh, to get some good videos, and we still have videos uh, coming out. Yeah. I, I still have some in the hopper, mostly interviews. There's one uh, interview in particular that I'm excited for. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Gordon, what, what do you think about the this uh, CES 2020 well, and the state of the PC? I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be really awesome for people in the laptops. And the truth is, worldwide, people buy more laptops, gaming laptops, ultrabooks, thin lights than they do desktop computers so it will be good because you have competition just like we saw on the desktop should drive prices down or give you more performance or both so it's going to be an awesome year for laptop buyers people into laptops and there are an awful lot of them i do think that probably what adam is referencing is is desktop you know desktop builders DIYs, pre the gamers are excited for desktop parts. You know, uh, they want socketed parts. They want video cards that are faster. They want all this stuff. So that's that's probably why it's always, you know, you, you want something brand new and exciting every year. And yeah, I agree. It was a little bit of a letdown. You didn't see like, you know, you did see 64 core Threadripper, but that is so Which far is awesome. away. It's awesome, yeah. but for a very small subset of actual people who need it. Um, for the average person, the average gamer enthusiast, then it's a little too high end. I do think, yeah, people would have liked to have seen hardware from Intel. I really thought we would see hardware from Intel this year. There were rumors of a you know new part, but hey, we did see a, a desktop uh, GPU from Intel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say we did see hardware, yeah. just not the kind that you were hoping yeah, for. Yeah, even that is like yeah. So I, I agree that for people looking for you know meat potatoes, high end stuff, we didn't really get it uh, at CES. But I, but I think the but this is a big step for laptops. Yeah, so. Uh, a question from Dennis Siberian. Uh, did any of us get any info about AMD B550 chipset motherboards at a CES? Uh, you hear anything around that? You know, I did not ask, to be honest. I, I typically, unfortunately, look at X-Series because that's sort of like higher end. I think the critical question is whether it's going to have PCIe 4 or not. I think that's what everybody's kind of like up in arms over. Does it have PCIe 4, 550? I doubt it. It feels like someone should look. I thought I read something that it wasn't, in fact, included in the in the spec list, one of the leaks or something. So uh, we're just still waiting for them to just come out to drive prices down. Also, uh, was it uh, over on Discord? A uh, visible spark uh, asked about CS twenty twenty. What's the product? And we we can all answer. What's the product that had you either scratching your heads or said, "Take my money." This is for everyone, obviously. To answer, mm. I would say the first thing. It was actually both. 
and I am more excited for. <laughs> no, <laughs> because what the hell is this thing? Take my money. No, really, like computing up or the compute <laughs> element. I really was like trying to understand where, what exactly compute elements is. Right for people who don't know, it's a computer in a card that goes in a PCI slot, and you put a graphics card next to it. That's basically what it is. Yep. Like the question is like, why the hell would anybody want to do that? Mini ITX is there. It doesn't make it easier. It's is that yeah. really worth spooling up all this. But you know, I, I, when I first saw it, I was like, huh? I was like trying to still like understand this because it's expensive. It's a mobile part. It's on a desktop part. It's a little weird, but then it's like, I actually, as I saw, I saw cyber powers, I saw all powers. I saw razors. There's clearly a lot of excitement by, you know, uh, PC PC vendors and you know case builders like because it can enable different form factors and it, the permutations I I think we just sort of like realize what Intel could enable with compute elements it gets a lot cooler but it's it's always hard to get over that that hump of like why the hell would I ever want to buy this which is sort of head scratching at first but like actually at the end it's like yeah actually I can see this being a very viable alternative for some people i mean especially for for small four factor builds you know it's like if you don't have to have that full size motherboard and, and all that stuff oh, and, and just go all pcie based like oh that's yeah. a can of worms right there though true why oh because small form factor builders have very strong opinions about you know what you can do with it and the fact that it's what we're, they're calling Limited. modular it doesn't line up with what they feel is the customizable the level of customization that they want yeah, no, that's There's a the lot very... of comments on our video about uh, the Ghost Canyon Nook where everyone basically says, why would I do this? Yeah, why would I do this? Why would I do this? The, again, that's why I think it's that hit. The first thing it was like, huh? Like, what, what would I? <laughs> this is like no smaller than a mini ITX build. And essentially, it could be potentially, but it's like, I'm not really sure why, you know, at first. But then it's like, you know, you could like, again, like I said, you could take the, the compute element and you can put it into a slot on a computer like if you're going to your 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 relatives and they've got a 10 year old pos it's just a full write-off on all the hardware underneath i mean it's a hard drive and ddr3 or ddr2 or something maybe you can you could potentially power unplug all their hardware plug in the compute elements plug the the keyboard the mouse <laughs> lan and your monitor into it and it's like and they will think they are still using their old computer <laughs> but they're actually using they basically disabled all the underneath that would be the funniest but see upgrade. like I, my suggestion the intel was like this would be even better if you take the compute elements and i go to like you go to someone like yeah i, I need to upgrade but i don't want to move all this data from the hard drives over if you could somehow plug a compute element into an existing motherboard and actually have the chipset talk to the chipset on the motherboard somehow part up. I don't know. Magic of engineers. So you could actually at least access the hard drives inside, right? So then you could run it all on that. It's basically like you you've, you you could just run it without even unplugging anything. Or I guess the the cheapest way to do it would be to to add extra to actually add SATA ports. There were no SATA ports on the uh, compute elements, right? I don't believe so. So if you had SATA ports, maybe even a <laughs> parallel ATA, I don't know, but you could plug the stuff. How far it's back like are we a, going? I mean, this is not a new concept. There have been upgrade, PC upgrade cards for, I mean, back to the very earliest days of the PC. This could sort of enable that again for people like, I just don't want to change the case or it's easy. You plug it in, plug it, and you're good to go. And they go like, oh, it's awesome. It's faster now. They have no idea you've turned off all their old POS hardware, you know. I mean, that to me, like, that's kind of a cool concept. It's a cool concept, but you'd be paying quite a premium to do it. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, the easiest thing is like uh, buy a new box, which is awesome for people who want to sell you a PC or build one. Now migrate all that data over and deal with. Oh God, it's just like it seems like it's just, it's just like a one drop in, ready to go kind of. I mean, there's, but you know, for me, I'm I'm actually surprised. So you're somewhat positive on on Ghost Canyon Nook and the compute element. Um, I would say I'm actually neutral. I think it's interesting, and I am very excited to see how it performs. But I do think that the like the where it stands in the market now is fairly narrow, that slice of people it's going to address. And I don't know if Intel is really marketing it in a way that makes sense. So I I just really don't know what's going to come of it. And I am, I'm really concerned that for all their talk about being able to upgrade it down the road, you're, they're going to have to end up abandoning it because they're just not getting the kind of reception they expected. They're very excited about it. When like when we talked to them, they sounded like they had a lot of buy-in from, you know, other vendors at least. Yeah. But that's not the same as people lining up to hand the money. Yeah. You know, part of that though is because you're, you're acting to the, the normal DIY or pre-built person with a tower desktop. Basically there's nothing that's ever going to replace that for that person. I, I don't think that you can ever get them aboard. I just don't. I don't yeah, see that person ever coming aboard. Which is why it was so strange that they, like, when they first came out with Skull Canyon, then again with Hades Canyon, and now with Ghost Canyon, it's like they keep targeting that group, but that's not the group that's going to line up to pay for it. So I'm not sure why they feel the need to try to, to um, you know, angle it as gaming machine. Well, I mean, you have to sort of market it or something because, you know... Wall Street and a lot of analysts, they don't really pay attention to hardware. That's true. You saw the Forbes article, right? Well, but yeah, I mean, but it, so basically it's like a dog whistle. Uh-huh, yeah, it's got the brand new Core 9 uh, 9980HK and it's got two M.2s, MVME, PCIe, full LA. Huh? Oh, yeah, and we're targeting for gamers. Huh? Oh, you're targeting for gamers? I see them on Twitch. My son uses it on Twitch. <laughs> it must be good. It's it's gaming. It's PC. Uh, yeah. And that's really like, I, yeah. if you don't say that, people go like, so I, I think they have to do that. But I I think there is a crowd. It's, you know, it's always going to be small, right? So I, you know, I'm, again, that's why, but that's why I think it falls into, huh? Well, what is this thing? It's like, actually, I can, I can see it actually being really, really yeah. a, a cool evolution of the PC. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think it's good the more that we see products that address the diversity within the PC market. Uh, I just, I'm just, mm, I guess, conservative about how, with how I dole out my emotions. No, I, like yeah, of course. But I, I think the big issue, of course, is how do you get over price premium? There's going to be a price premium for it. I mean, the i5 is like a thousand bucks or something. Yeah, the i5 starts at a thousand. For the bare bones kit, and then it goes to twelve hundred for the i seven, and then it jumps all the way to seventeen hundred for the i nine. But a bare bones includes the enclosure and power supply, correct? But nothing well, else. And so. also the the enclosures differ. Uh, what kind of GPU? So what size GPU can put it in as well? Well, no, we're talking about the actual yeah. Intel kit, bare bones kit. Oh, oh, in that one, yeah, yeah, that yeah, one yeah. particularly. That one specifically is going to be a half length card. Uh, you're kind of set with that you, you're not going to be able to do anymore yeah so i think that's the tough thing is because somebody who's price sensitive they're going to go i'll do mini itx it's just mm-hmm. like i can save four hundred dollars yeah. just by doing off the shelf mini itx so that's the tough part who is is somebody really going to pay that extra premium for the possibility of easy upgrade you know i really think the people who are going to gravitate to this are not going to be gamers i 
like, I mean, yeah, we, we have some I people really in, feel like in the chat people talking who, about like home computing, like labs and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like you know? honestly, the people who were most excited uh, about Skull Canyon and Hades Canyon were people who were doing like lab research. Like yeah. I got a lot of comments from people uh, from those fields, not necessarily gamers. So I feel like this again is actually the all the interest at Intel you know, implied that they had is actually not from gamers. It's from people who need that level of power, but they're not actually using it for gaming. Why wouldn't they just do mini ITX then? I don't know. Maybe you, you need a bunch of these machines for a trade show and it's just easier because you don't have to pay the shipping costs for an entire system, right? Especially you don't have to worry if it's, about it getting damaged in transit. Things and like if, that. if it's work-based, it's not about the money. Yeah. You know, it's more like, I mean, it's the same argument for like a Mac pro, right? No, nobody personally buys it, but work buys those you know so that thousand dollar stand yeah, yeah i i i i do think there will be some people who would be interested because it is compact the upgrade is a promise but it's a price premium i mean yeah but if you're so the thing is you're buying this from a vendor you're a lot of people will just simply buy it pre-built which is the box or the card mm-hmm. and all ready Complete. to go mm-hmm. I you know there is a very nice I mean that cyber power one was pretty tight in the in the, the cyber power tiny. one's the box. most exciting of all the variations that I feel like I've seen including yeah. Intel's own uh the what NUC 9 extreme whatever they're yeah, calling they, it Yeah cuz they they spaced they're they're basically for if you don't know the Intel design has the the compute element card right up against the GPU mm-hmm. It's a mobile part you you start sucking in heat it's going to be no fun so uh, CyberPower basically is springing it out, I think, one slot. Well, is it CyberPower or is it just Cooler Master's design? Because Cooler, Cooler Ma- Master, yeah, but- Cooler Master was, they're using Cooler Master's enclosure. Right. And Cooler Master, when I got the briefing, they were saying that they, they actually designed their own daughter card. So that way they right. could space it out a little bit between the two you know, elements, essentially. So you actually have some better airflow. And they also put in, like, I think, was it the, the grill at the bottom? So you have, like, kind of a yeah. sort of chimney-style you know, exhausting for Razer, they did, they weren't doing it to space it out. They just wanted to eliminate the M.2. I think they were thinking about eliminating the M.2 that was on the board because just uh, it would get rid of the... One of the issues is you come out from the compute element cards to PCIe 16, and then you go across and you hook into your GPU. There's actually an M.2 on NVMe. Mm-hmm. If you populate that slot, you basically are now running that by four, which kicks the GPU yep. down to by eight. Yep. Uh, people freak out about that. It really doesn't matter that much. Yeah. It's, it's a fairly minor hit in performance, um, yeah. except for you know maybe very very limited workload. So it's not a big deal. But I think Razer says they just want to get rid of that. Yep. Um, I mean, but you know, the thing is, like, you don't have to make it a shoebox. It could be a flat machine. It could be. But I mean, a lot of these. I mean, that's the thing is, a lot of this can be enabled by Mini ITX already. So that's why it's always that head scratcher is like, why? To me, it's the modular. Like, I can just pull this thing out and put another one in down the road. You know, Core i12. I think it's a fun idea. I'm not trying to, you know, just rain on the parade here. I mean, I was very positive last week when I saw it. Um, I just, the support needs to be there. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't, I know, I will say that Intel said we'll support it for at least a couple generations. They're already working on the next gen, I think is clear. They're already working on a next gen one. Will this be around in 10 years? I don't know. But I, again, I sort of think Intel is trying to push, really push, if they can really make this popular and get people used to your upgrade, it's just this one card. Why does it have to be this big, ugly PCIe card? Now it's down to a module and you're just upgrading the entire computer at will from Intel. And it's for them, it's probably nice to sell you the entire 
you know, motherboard, CPU, maybe even RAM. I mean, everything is just, they sell you the whole computer, you slot it in, and OEMs take care of the stuff on the outside, and they just simply do that module, sort of like a... I think in an ideal world, what would happen is that if we were to see this take off, we... Would basically the this first generation of it would be funded by all the businesses and the people in labs and places where they're not really looking they're looking for the performance level not the the gaming aspect right you mean for but GPU and CPU though you Sorry? think they want you think they want both GPU and CPU performance yeah. yeah I mean I really think that's where the demand's coming from if you know based on the hints that we got that it's coming from people who I don't know I trade shows are not even probably the right application for it but someone who has a lot of money who's willing to shell out for this form factor and what it can do and then i think if they get enough money from that then we'll start to see maybe more the creative kind of uh, variations that you're proposing and then the prices will hopefully start to come down some and then more of us in you know uh more generalized application type usage usage cases would um latch on to the idea yeah well, do you see? Well, what if somebody made a television where you could slot this thing into? We talked about this before. I thought wasn't Did that we? their original concept with their compute card, like the actual compute card? Not necessarily for TVs. That there, that was designed as a building block for uh, laptops. Mm, okay, that's there. As I understand it, there are stuff coming. There's still stuff coming, but I saw it at, at Computex. I really like the concept where, you know, the, the the idea Intel's idea is like, look, it's really hard to build laptops. It's really, really hard, and um. We're going to try to make that easier for the smaller players. So you could buy maybe a shell or something. They can they can integrate this you know entire card with memory, NAND, and CPU all in one. It's a heatsink on one side, and you put it into. So you could be a smaller vendor, basically buy the shell you want, integrate the card into it, and you have a laptop you can sell to your customers. Whereas right now you got to be really big. There's there's only so many companies that can make laptops in the world because it requires a lot of expertise. So it just can bring it down to a lower level. I think we talked about this in the context of the compute card because I think I remember you saying something like this before where like wouldn't it be great if you could like slot this into a TV? Yeah. And I would say my response to that is I I think it would be one of those things that it's cool to do but I don't know if it's necessarily practical given the way the market is going with TVs. Like they're like they're getting like the integrated smart TV functions are getting better, and I I think a lot of the the actual attachments like Roku and you know Fire TV sticks and whatnot are getting to the point where that's not really necessary to have even built into the TV or slotted into the TV. Honestly, for my purposes, I actually prefer to do something like a Chromecast just because. Then I only have to worry about security updates for one freaking device. Like I don't have to worry about updating my TV and Which the you'll Roku never get. and like, exactly. Like I don't have to worry about all that kind of junk. That's, I can just do yeah. it on the laptop. That's it. I mean, that's you know, it's interesting because that was one of the pitches. Sorry to go too far off in the weeds, but that was one of the pitches for the Shield. Nvidia's like, you know what? Because I, I was like, well, well, who would ever buy this? You get it all for free with your television. And they're like, look, that stuff sucks. You're like, you can you can barely play any media files. This is just so underpowered. You never get updates. You buy this, you know, the Cadillac of streaming boxes. You get all the services, and it's it's up to date. And you know, we we actually update it, and it can play a lot of the media formats that those built-in TVs are horrible at. So I'm not, you know, the whole you get a free with the TV thing. So is there a need for Windows on your TV though? I I'm not I'm not sure there is. Yeah. We're way off the weeds. We are we way off. Uh, way, Matt Man, way in there. Matt Man is saying, uh, "What about a cool thing where you uh, you actually uh, allow multiple CPU units and scale it rather than a, a CPU and a GPU?" 
Yeah, that's not built into it yet. They they clearly have, you know, this is sort of, let's throw some mud at the wall and see what sticks. And there's definitely, that was a question too, like multiple, you know, compute elements in a, in a tower where you're running multiple machines, but it's not really built into that. They're basically saying, look, it's host-based PCI. Your PCI in, in most desktops is, or computers is, is host-based. They don't really talk to each other right now, so it would take some work to enable that. But, you know, I, I think they're, you know, who knows? It's, you got to... You know, I know people are going to crap on it because it may not be great, but sometimes you just do something crazy and, and it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, one of the things I, I think we didn't talk about a ton, I mean, not that there was a ton there because we've already seen some of it, but the the folding stuff, Lenovo had the final design of their X1 Fold, I think is what they're calling it. The Dell had their own, you know, folding prototype that we, we had seen in a pre-brief. Uh, you know, folding stuff, I think, makes more sense on pcs than phones at this point yeah uh so i mean and that that lenovo design that that final design did you get a chance to like feel it and like mess around with it no no i didn't yeah because they 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 did a lot of smart things so they they had refined the hinge from when we had seen it uh the the outer edge of the screen had this uh interesting uh textured kind of like like layer to it so when you're holding on to it you know they, they got the nice leather on the back you know the the little red accent on the the little kickstand i mean it, it felt it, it it felt like a finished product uh i mean I, I think in years from now we'll look back and be like oh god that was unrefined but yeah at least for now like i think lenovo did a, a, so, a really good job on that so that's your pick for the thing that was you know shut up and take my money or i mean no, because I still need power. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> so, like, you know, they they didn't talk about internals yet either. But you know, I mean, I would personally never buy that. But I I can think of later applications where it would make sense for something that I would buy. Uh, you know, nothing that we saw at CES. So, but that kind of I'm I'm saying that the foldable screen technology is definitely something I, I'm interested in. I saw a lot of Samsung Galaxy Folds at the show, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which was interesting. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that, that those are things that, that people didn't really talk too much about. Um, and then uh, something was uh, that at first, and I, I think Gordon can say this too, that was like a head-scratcher of like, eh, was the 360 hertz panel. Uh, ah. Yeah, when we originally saw oh. it at yeah. Asus, we were like, eh, okay cool you know it's it's a step above 240 uh but we're not competitive gamers but then when we went to the nvidia uh meeting they had uh these demos set up that that showed off like what 360 hertz can actually mean compared to 240 or 144 or 60 and i was just like oh okay i mean it just honestly it's an argument for higher refresh rate not necessarily 360 but uh, you know, yeah. the closer you get uh, or to higher or the more higher numbers you get, the more information you get. Uh, one of the things somebody said, uh, I think I, I kept it here. Uh, Lorenz. Um, no, it was Eldar said, uh, I saw the segment uh, Gordon had with JJ from Asus. A lot of people uh, enjoyed your interview with JJ. Yeah. Posted JJ's last night. Uh, but they got a little confused about the mini LED monitor. Uh, is it able to run in 4K, 144 hertz and HDR without chroma subsampling? If so, is it DisplayPoint 2.0? Do you remember that the mini LED monitor? I didn't ask on the interface. I know it was it was 4K 144. I don't know if they have the. I don't know if it's DisplayPoint 2. What else I can remember about it? What else can I remember about it? 
Man, that was like a long but, time ago. I mean, mini LEDs, like, it's <laughs> mini definitely LEDs uh, just for, for monitors. Uh, that was, a, I mean, that's another thing. You got the high refresh rate, you got the mini LEDs, you have the, the HDR with, you know, 10 bit panel. And like, true 10 bit. Yeah, true 10 bit. When so. I mean true 10 bit, I mean it's actually 10 bit. So there are a lot of, you know, and I have a discussion with a lot of people and they'll say, is this, is 10 bit? It's true. Yeah, it's true 10 bit. Oh, it's 8, 8 bit plus, you know, FRC. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know, you know. It's, but that's ten. Eight plus two is ten. It's ten, right? So yeah. But so <laughs> the the mini LED one was is is a is a ten bit panel and fourteen hundred nits is is insane. It's just crazy. It's beautiful, right? And see, that's the thing is like I missed it. I wasn't there for that appointment. Oh yeah, yeah. They they had it at the um, Nvidia thing too. I think they had the mini LED there because it was a G sync because it's a G sync ultimate monitor. I think. Oh, is that one okay? I you can't even imagine the price, but those mini LED panels are just wow. They have been like. Do you, uh, yeah, well, the price is probably going to be pretty high for those because it's new, newer generation. But we, did we see any specific prices on no, the there's, LEDs? There's stuff? no prices. Oh, what okay. would you pick though between the because you had the the big giant one, the big giant one, 4K HDR. I think that one was like 1400 nits or something. What was it? No, that, that was like a thousand. Oh, I think thousand. that was HDR 1000. But it had the, the zone backlighting. Yeah, uh, you know, so the the big guy, and then you had the mini LED one with higher refresh rate. Uh, HDR, and, and the then you had the 360 one, which yeah, you know, so it's like three different three different examples uh, of of kind of display technology in in different forms. Yeah, uh, which I thought was cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna if I were to yeah, if you could give me one for free, I would take the the <laughs> mini LED. That ain't gonna happen, but you know, the mini LED was just spectacular. I think. Although, see, that's the thing about that 360 thing. Uh, you know, I I admit I be, I was wrong. I have been wrong that. Those high refresh rates only matter for you know, you know, fourteen year olds that are competitive players. So clearly, for it does make a big difference on just crappy old timers like me. I think. So I don't know. I'm I kind of like you. Almost have to run two panels. You have to run your gaming panel, and then you have to run your content creation panel, which Depends. is kind of yeah. right. That's just. It does seem hard to get everything you want in a single panel. Uh, it makes sense because you can't have one thing be good at all, right? It's just no, multi tool is never going to be good as a as a dedicated screwdriver. So anyway, uh, any any anything else uh, to wrap up from uh, CS twenty twenty? Well, we answer, we'll answer the question from my end. Oh, okay, I would yeah. say, yeah, don't leave me out. <laughs> um, it was at Inwin's booth. I, I'm sure everyone's already seen this thing. I, it's this gigantic $14,000. I think it's just for the chassis alone. Uh, it's like a concept kind of case. Thing. Oh, that thing. I think yeah, they call yeah. it like a Chrys- the Chrysalis case. It, the, the name's actually Paul in Mandarin. Did a video on it. The name's actually in Mandarin, which I don't speak, so I can't pronounce it. Um, it's not Chrysalis? Um, I don't know pronounce things, period, all right? And uh, it's basically got like these plastic, it looks like. I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like um, a scaled fruit like shape, you know, where like each of the scales is a, a bit of acrylic, some kind of plastic. And it's motorized and it has a voice assistant built in. And they had put it programmed to respond to Jarvis. So you could just say, Jarvis, play music. And like, it just would just go into this routine. Um, and if that's not over the top enough, it it's got it's attached to this gigantic stand. And there's a projector on the bottom of this thing so that if you want to, you can have it projecting something onto the base of the stand. It's just completely over the top. And so for me, that is simultaneously a, I don't know what this is for, but (laughs) if I had the money, I would put this in my house. 
Uh, and Joku says that it was called Dia, meaning butterfly. Butterfly. Okay, yes. sorry. The previous incarnation was Chrysalisen, or however you pronounce it. And this is the next incarnation, because they said that they were playing off of that concept. So that's your buy and hand scratcher? Yeah, a little bit. Where it's like, <laughs> I don't really know what to do with this, and it seems like very specific, but sure. I put that in my living room if I had a lot of money. Oh, you know, I didn't name it buy, because really the, the, the compute element's really sort of like a head scratcher, which turned into, okay, I guess I get it. But I would say the uh, Zephyrus G14. Oh, yeah. Right? Because that's three and a half pound, 2060 with eight core Ryzen 4000 in it. That's just like. Which version? The, the, with oh, the, you got to uh, have the LED one. This should have been, ma- <laughs> been bothered. Dude, that, G, so, that G14. Don't even make it that without nice the LED laptop. one, because everybody's going to want the LED. <laughs> oh, that was a nice laptop. And, I mean, we'll see performance, but man, oh, that was a nice laptop. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see performance. <laughs> Of course, but yeah, if you were to like, if I just wanted to walk away from CES, it's like, yeah, 3.5 pounds, eight cores with 2060 performance. If it doesn't like, oh my God, throttle to hell, then it'd be awesome. 14 inch screen and 3.5 pounds is sometimes where you see a little bit of the higher end of the ultra portable thin and light 13 inch laptops nowadays. A little bit of shade I got from other competing Gaming laptop vendors, like, we tried 14-inch. No one bought them, so good luck to them. Uh, also, that was, uh, that was a shade. John, Whatever. John Dokick uh, reminded me about the uh, Asus Pro Art line uh, that was yep. announced at um, IFA last year, but this was the first time I saw it. This is where the, the guts of the laptop are right behind the screen, uh, and then the battery is underneath the keyboard, almost like a, a, oh, yeah. a Surface, uh, Microsoft Surface, like, on steroids. I mean, it was 17 inches. It's got like the Quadro P6000, I think, which is like the highest end. Or no, I don't think it's a P. I think it's RTX 6000. Anyway, it's just like just a beast of a laptop. I mean, I wouldn't want to. That's the opposite of the G14, uh, but it was also beautiful, like amazing, amazing laptop. It didn't look. Uh, that, it was that heavy too. I mean, it would look fairly I think, light. I, yeah, I think he told me it was like six, a little over six pounds, maybe six two, wow, okay. something like that. Um, I would say the the one drawback I had was that the the fans especially when they're cranked up, uh, vent out the top, and for some reason it was scooped a little forward. Oh, right. So they you kind of vented towards this. you, and I was like, mm, that's a little bit of a weird thing. Uh, but side note, uh, also, Evocative uh, uh, Productions uh, gave us $10 in a super chat. Thank you very much. Uh, said, next time you are in my city, uh, I guess they're from Vegas, uh, I will bring down all the audio gear so we can do a full new oh. nerd proper, uh, which reminds me, there's a lot of people, uh, the audio people didn't get this because they got the mono feed. Uh, but yeah, when we did the thing live, we hit, we, I, I was just running off the, uh, the camera inputs, which, um, channel one and channel two are both segmented between left and right. So, uh, you know, it was just kind of, uh, a quick little setup and we had one microphone with on Elena and one microphone on Gordon. Uh, and so a lot of people either hated the left, right separation or loved it. Uh, it was, it was kind of funny, but in the future, now that we know, that this is a thing we can pull off. I mean, we've done it in Comitex. We did it at CES now, Life Full Nerds. Uh, so the the next time I, I will bring a little bit more gear so we don't have to <laughs> worry about... Pass around that mic? Yeah, pass around I the mic I kept trying to offer like you mine and you rejected it. I was starting to feel... I mean, I didn't have much to say, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, CES 2020, it's done. I'm, I'm still kind of... I, I'm not fully recovered yet. Uh, I'm still a little, like, kind of sick and, and tired. Not sick, but, like, just beaten down knock on wood we all seem to have avoided a plague this year yeah yeah no nothing i didn't hear anybody the hard thing i think is to go off two weeks of relaxing and then suddenly 
You should be You're thrown right in, right in it. Yeah, uh, that's, that's hard. And you come back basically in the same stage you were in before you left. So that's that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's get, let's get to uh, let's get some questions because we get we get lots of questions. Here. All right, uh, let me. Should I do, you know what? People who have actually emailed us have been waiting kindly. Yeah, yeah. They're actually I All wasted right, so a have, piece of paper and a tree for them. You have wasted paper. Let's uh, do it. Questions. Get them in. This is from Michael Foster. Uh, I'm, I'm I have to tell myself not to blurt out people's emails. So, but uh, it's not really a question, but I have to read it in Michael's voice. Calling the Epic Game Store something that made. PC gaming better for everybody in 2019 is totally absurd. The EGS, I like the use of uh, acronym there, further fragments the market for the benefit of giant corporations who are already doing just fine. Thanks for asking. It's thoroughly <laughs> inferior to competing platforms and rewarding their truly awful business practices with praise makes the gaming space for everyone categorically worse. I just if, want to note that that's bold and underlined. Bold and underlined. If they're so great for gaming, why not praise the Microsoft Store? Well, because the store does suck. I mean, but <laughs> it can't exist. <laughs> GOG. Humble can't recall anyone calling any of those stores the best accessory ever. The PC has always been an open platform, and the EGS is a blemish to be shunned. I suspect they've paid you all off. I'm not seeing the oh, Epic that box. Money. We need we're, that big box yeah, up we need here. The box. For positive coverage, because that's the only way I can see this making any sense at all. Plus, that's just what they do. Exclamation point. That is a really good point, Michael Foster. I thought about it. In fact, I'm going to tell you the response, <laughs> but it's only available on the Epic Gaming Store because it's an exclusive, and because of that, we cannot tell you the response on YouTube or Twitch or any of the streams you're running. So you will have to subscribe to the Full Nerd game on uh, the Epic Store, which we have been paid handsomely to keep it out. In fact, I know I started to respond, but I'm pulling it from... The open airwaves to put it only in in the Epic Gaming Store. Yeah, I forgot to uh, to wear my Epic Game Store shirt. I've, I've just got my AMD shirt on. Well, I mean, obviously so, they paid you more. Uh, well, yeah, obviously, know, definitely. definitely. Uh, no, but but all seriousness, I, I hear you. I understand people don't like people being paid for exclusives. They don't like exclusives, but I sort of see it as then other other stores then have to pay those developers for uh exclusives developers getting more money means they do better financially they're not laying everybody off every you know two years when the cycle is over means more better games more advanced games uh game developers are frankly underfunded most of the time that's why there's lots uh of optimization left on the floor for our our wonderful pc hardware so i do think ultimately yes it is better for everyone i i think uh i don't think i did I actually pick? I think that was Hayden, or was that Brad for the? That was Brad. Brad champion. That was Brad. Brad champion. We, we did see, you know, like the validity in the arguments he was making. Yeah, but I, I just think that in overall, more money for developers means they can survive. And let's face it, there have been big, big, big layoff news recently, and it always happens every cycle. So the more money that gets in developers' hands, because the more stores, the more. You, Theaters, the more markets that are basically bidding it up means better games eventually. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to get everything on all stores. Well, also, I, I think one of the things that we can state that, you know, chat's getting fired up again, uh, is that <laughs> we're not saying Epic Game Store is the best launcher out there. We're not saying, yeah, we're not saying that there isn't problems in the Epic Game Store. There's plenty of, of things that they need to address, uh, not only in terms of 
uh, front end, but also back end. Uh, there's plenty of that. I think for me, it's more like Steam got stagnant. It didn't push forward quick enough. The Steam has plenty of their own issues as well. And so having competition, uh, I mean, because there's other launchers out there, obviously, but none of them were big enough to pressure Steam into the competition stuff. Uh, Epic Game Store is one of them to do that. So, uh, I, yeah, I don't think any anybody's advocating that it's, it's the best and it's amazing no. and that this is the only thing we should ever use. We're just saying we're glad it's here. There are good things coming from it. There are still bad things, but they're, you know, like, so it, 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 it's a mixture. It's a mixture, so. And I will add, Valve didn't make, didn't get to where it's at by by being pushovers. They are really smart. They are very aggressive. And the competition might just improve things for them. I am fully 100% sure that Valve and Steam will be perfectly fine in the end. So, you know, but again, competition is good for everybody. Yep. That's my feeling. All right. Next All right, email. next one. Uh, I'm interested. This is from Chuck Smith. I'm interested in purchasing the Dell XPS 15 7590 laptop. My understanding is the 7590 has a Thunderbolt 3 port as well as the DisplayPort 1.2. I would like to use it with Oculus Rift S on the DisplayPort. My understanding is you have to have direct connection to the discrete graphics, the GTX 1650. But uh, Michael does not know if that is true or not. Can you actually plug an Oculus Rift S into the DisplayPort on the Thunderbolt 3 port in the XPS 15 and get access to the GPU? Uh, Michael, or Chuck, unfortunately, I don't have the answer. I didn't have enough time to research this. I think it probably does. Most of the discrete ports in a lot of the laptops, well, actually, it's Thunderbolt 3. Yeah, that's going to stink. i going to guess <laughs> you can't. If that were like a normal gaming laptop with HDMI or DisplayPort coming out, piped out, generally you could. Those are direct to the GPU. I'm going to guess because it's Thunderbolt 3 and because the way Intel has designed Thunderbolt 3, it almost certainly goes through the IGP before it gets to the discrete card. So uh, my guess, uh, although I don't have a firm answer, I'd probably say 75% no, it won't work. Sorry. Uh, well, we have uh, Keith from WCCF Tech oh. in the chat still following us uh, after <laughs> CES. Uh, he says, no, it has to be directly connected to the GPU. Yeah, it does. But what, I, what I'm wondering is if the Thunderbolt 3 port is direct connect to the GPU. And right. then now that I think the fact that it is Thunderbolt 3 and the way Intel has forced everybody to go through the IGP and desktop, um, it can be done. Uh, through discrete, it can possibly go directly to discrete. I doubt it, though. I'm going to guess that it is plugged directly into the IGP and then into the. Uh, I, again, I'm not sure, but I'm going to guess 75% no. We'll we'll check this out and let you know, Chuck. Okay. Uh, this is from. Oh, I'm going to pull Adam here. This is from Imsu Sumu. Uh, hi, I've an Alienware Aurora. R3 and the motherboard is faulty. I don't want to buy the same type of motherboard now as I couldn't upgrade to Win 10 with it. Oh. Would you know if there's any other motherboard that is compatible with that system? Uh, I would say I, it's interesting. This is a Core i7-2600. That, that should, I mean, the Sandy Bridge laptop should be perfectly able to run Windows 10. You just have to buy it. You're not going to be able to do the free upgrade, I guess. Yeah. In fact, I'm surprised it didn't do it. But uh, your chances of getting a third-party motherboard, uh, Alienware laptops are, you know, made in factories by different makers. But they are custom designs with engineering from Dell and Alienware to them. So your chances of finding a motherboard that will work on this are very slim. If there's another Clevo or some design that use the exact same thing, Maybe odds are very much against it and not worth 
wasting money on because the odds that it won't work are greater than it actually working. So I would say no. Buy the same motherboard on eBay, plug it in, buy Windows 10 for $12 like Elena does. Uh, Batgamer 067, will GTX 1650, 1660 Super make their way to notebooks? Can't say, don't know. If I knew, I couldn't tell you, but I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, Andrew and Willing? Can we read them? Oh, you want to do this I one? can do it. Wait, what was the one that... Oh, wait, you okay, that one. Okay, cool. Uh, hey, gang, two questions. One, do I really need to leave empty space, 20%, 30%, on my SSD or NVMe drive in order to maintain performance, yes. or can I use it all? Nope. Real data or answers, please. No old wife tales or internet wisdom. Uh, you know what was interesting? I, I actually, that's that's always one of the first troubleshooting things I look at when when uh, like I, I had a friend recently. What was it, a couple months ago? Was like, oh, I'm having some problems with uh, some photography software. So I, I went over and you know I, I try to look through the performance stuff, and then I always check how full is the drive. And their drive was like 99 percent full. <laughs> so SSD so it, or hard drive? Uh, no, it was probably hard drive. It was, this was in a laptop, uh, and it's like, hey, so. Um, the hard drive needs space to be able to write cache files. You know, the Windows itself needs space to be able to write stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've always, and maybe I'm more of a stickler on this too, but, uh, you know, I've always done the, the 20% thing of like, hey, listen, it, it needs space to be able to, to unpack files, to write cache files, to do all this other stuff. So just, just, give, it a, just give it a little extra. Just give it a little extra. Give them room to breathe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I would say on a on an external drive, like I have a second drive that has just like Steam games on it in my system. That's different, you know. But even some games, like when you download it, has to unpack the files, so it needs more room than it actually uh, will ta- end up taking in the long run. Same thing happens for consoles, actually. Too people run into that where like, oh, I'm trying to download a new game and I've got enough room for it, but then once it downloads, it has to unpack it. And so, it, it, like, I've heard Xbox, like, actually doubles all the information and then deletes the, the original download or something like that. So, yeah, definitely not just an old wife's tale. Uh, and, yeah, for hard drives, definitely, as you get very full, you the speed is when it's empty because you're in the outer edge of the platter. You get inner. It gets slower, definitely. And for SSDs, you also need to save capacity. You should leave empty space because the drive uses that space to improve performance in general. So if you're getting up to like 5% empty on an SSD, the performance is going to suck. Um, and that is real. It's not made up there. You know, there's provisioning and they, t- they typically might, it depends on the drive, depends on what they're doing, but they may set aside space to use to cash out performance on the drive. As you eat up all that space to store your, your pictures of cats, you have less space well. for the drive to access and it will slow down. So yes, it it's, the prices of SSD, so buy a new SSD. Do it. Right. And second question. I'm considering upgrading my Ryzen 1700X to a 3700X and only upgrading the processor. But I get cold feet because then I'd have a 1700X lying around doing nothing. What does everyone do to avoid having random spare parts just lying around? Seems like such a waste of money. If you're going to recommend selling used parts, please share the place or site you use. <laughs> like how Gordon just starts staring That's at me. That's an Elena thing. She's like, I'm sure she's I, got you know, some. Like- I don't. I actually hang on to my spare parts because I can always uh, basically reuse them. Like if if a relative needs a new box or a friend or whatever, then I just kind of end up gifting it to them um, because then I, I know exactly how it's going to perform because it was, you know, 
it was mine and I was using it. And so I know how it's going to be. Um, but you know, there's the hardware swap subreddit that I know people will sell on. There are people in our discord, uh, that have, uh, said they've had positive experiences with it. I so know it says it in Nantech forums, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know about the forums out there. I do know some people go to eBay, but eBay is one of those things where you could have a really great experience, a really bad one based on the whole, um, buyer protection thing. They tend to really fall in favor of the buyer rather than the seller. So if you get someone who's a scam buyer, it can be a problem. Um, so a lot, I know that a lot of my friends won't actually use eBay anymore. They, How about Craigslist? Uh, Craigslist is one of those things, again, where Ooh, it's, yeah. it's, it's a little better than eBay in some ways because you don't have like the, the long arm of eBay just saying, well, nope, too bad, seller. We're just going to find in favor of the buyer. But you also have the experience that happened to our colleague where you know, they got totally scammed. Like the guy snatched the phone out of his hand and went running. And, you know, our colleague ended up with like a busted knee or something trying to chase him down. Broken toe. Was it? Yeah, it was broken toe. Holy crap. Yeah, wow. yeah that's, yeah, definitely. Uh, I recommend if you are very, uh, if you want to try eBay, you just give them the address for your police station. Don't tell them that. <laughs> and they'll show up. And obviously, Local if they're, uh, if they're mm. not a, a good person, then they're they're probably unlikely to rip you off in the lobby of the police station with 10 cops. Yeah, I think that's what you used to suggest for Craigslist, right? Me, yeah, it's just easy, <laughs> right? In front of a police station. God, that would be hilarious. That is a good idea. It's just, you know, you know, most people are like, I'm a criminal. I'm not going to. I got warrants. I'm not going they're to. Like, Hold up. I know where that is. would be a great civic uh, like service kind of thing where the police stations are like, you know what? You can use this section of our lobby for these yeah. exchanges. Yeah. You know, they could charge you. They could be like a police, uh, you know, you know, like charge up. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's five bucks. You get in that area and you pay for it. But, you know, you got cops standing everywhere. Yeah. You're not going to get robbed. So it's pretty safe. Like that might you be ask worth them the to serve papers for you. It's worth the five dollars. <laughs> it's worth the five dollars. Uh, very last email from this is a long one. But Eli Kenimer. Hey, crew, big fan of the show. Diverse options. Uh, ban- fun banter and puns you all make. Uh, I'm a CAD draftsman. And recently I've been noticing more of a slowdown in my machine at the firm. AutoCAD 2014 architecture or Windows 7 Pro. Well, that's dead now. 4770 non-K. <laughs> 32 gigs of DDR3. 256 gigs. SSD, C drive, 64 gig page file, Quadro K2000, one terabyte SSD RAID. Oh, wait, in NAS. I don't know why this question mark. What happens is CAD will gradually become unresponsive, locking up and usually giving back control after 30 seconds or less, except when it doesn't, and I'll lose the machine for minutes at a time and have to restart CAD. Sometimes clicking in the Windows, a uh, window will shock it back to life. Sometimes letting Windows, blah, blah, blah. Only system research spikes a quadrant during normal use. My question is about the workflow of CAD and possibly more of these crashes are coming from. Does CAD load our drawings to memory, then pass it to the GPU? And if so, should I see a corresponding load in my DDR3? Do the page faults and low activity memory mean that Windows is pulling from the page file and that's giving me slowdown? Well, this is a full on, uh, this is a full on, uh, form, uh, quick questionnaire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once in a blue moon, the quadra will artifact. I'll jumble various elements of our drawings in an area of the screen. It, it was trying to redraw, uh, but it'll go away by moving the mouse. The most fr- frustrating thing is nothing else on the system has a problem and just crashing one program would lead me to believe it is software issue and not hardware, but it's just so slow. My boss is really is not really keen on me messing with the machine much since time is money. Mm. So I haven't been able to tinker with it much, but I really appreciate 
Any advice you can give? Maybe if I fix this machine, they will finally let me onboard the new ones they bought three years ago <laughs> that are just sitting oh, around. Whose IT department does that sound my, like? <laughs> this is just, oh, I, I winced inside in sympathy reading this because the whole like time is money thing where it's acceptable for you to have to wait for minutes at a time for your machine to unfreeze, but it's not acceptable to acceptable to invest like an hour or two or you know however long it takes to actually get this problem fixed or onboard your machines i'm sorry yeah i would say honestly this is a work machine just tell your and you can actually quote me you just tell your (laughs) cheap ass boss to go buy some new machines 40 70 70 uh, 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 they were great parts, right? Those Hasbro were parts were great, great parts. chips. DDR three thirty. Just like, just buy a brand new machine. That's my feeling, right? I mean, uh, uh, the time is money. Like I was thinking, we could go through all this, uh, try to figure out what's wrong and everything, and you will have wasted all this productivity. Just tell your cheap ass boss <laughs> to buy some new machines because a faster machine means things get done faster, and you save money. It's a new concept. It's called. Pay for the hardware. <laughs> There's not, I'm not I'm like even entertain trying to fix this because it shouldn't be. Your cheap ass boss is like what? They don't want you to mess with the machine and would rather have you wait around. And you should just play this on the speaker when your boss is walking by. It's like that. Your cheap ass boss is like, man, what are you thinking? This is like, oh man, that's crazy. I the only thing I can think of is you work for the government. So the government always pays an excessive amount for something when they first buy it, and they use it until it should have been like 10 years after it should have been thrown. Windows 7 in the government is going to be the problem, because they never throw anything away unless you work for the government. Get your cheap-ass boss to buy you a new machine. I'm that's how you fix sure it. I'm not sure if they're really, that's really going to help them, but <laughs> I'm sure that it was... Um nice to hear that you are on their side okay blow it away and reinstall with new os i think it's clearly this driver issue those kind of weird slowdowns I would, uh, I would so some people are saying away. maybe a ram maybe faulty ram or faulty drive i don't know but, but. He's, he's he's saying there's only so there's only a lockup in in autocad right uh i mean autocad is probably not be too too harsh i would just think because this machine is probably this build of the os is probably what 10 years old or something like that. It's Haswell. Yeah. So you're looking at what, 20? Yeah, it's probably six or seven years old at least. So I would say, you know what? Maybe it's time to just blow it away, reinstall Windows I would, 7. I would say that if you do take Gordon's advice and blow away the entire OS and reinstall, you may as well also get a bigger boot drive at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that would help, right? Because maybe the maybe the boot drive is like full. I would like, yeah, go out buy one terabyte SAT or four terabyte, whatever you want. A nice one too. Spend spend your boss's money buy a nice one, not the cheap stuff, and then just yeah, do that. Reinstall the OS, reinstall it. I bet it'll sing. There's just no there's just no reason for it to only for AutoCAD to have issues. I mean, hardware faults are hardware faults. It's not going to like work everywhere except for AutoCAD. All right, uh, more questions. Uh, this one uh, I didn't get to uh, from the CES chat, but it's CES-related. Uh, Lorenz asked on YouTube earlier, uh, what do you expect from Intel XE graphics now that they unveiled the DG1 card? I think they have to... There was there was a lot of hype. There's no actual hardware. At this point, Intel has to prove that it can do it. I think the good news for Intel, if you're listening to this is that everybody is rooting for you. Now, I'm not necessarily saying I am, because my job is not to root for everybody, but I will say the hardware communities, their disappointment with 
the DG1 is because they want competition. They want competition they for uh, NVIDIA, um, and they want competition even against AMD. People, this the more competition is, the better prices, the better performance there is for everybody. So even though it was bad, a lot of people are like, oh, God, can you even do this, Intel? I think the good news is it doesn't matter. Just make sure that you hit the mark when it comes out. When it does, if it does, people will be happy. They don't care. They just want a really good, low-cost competitor to, that can really push on NVIDIA and AMD. That's, that's the only thing that matters to people at this point. But people have definitely are disappointed, and they're not sure that Intel can do it, I think, honestly, is the feeling now. From yeah. from from Z, but I, obviously that is premature, right? Wasn't it pronounced XE? Isn't it it is. XE or Z, yeah, but I mean... But I think, yeah, definitely it is premature <clears throat> to judge everything based on these development parts. It's The, the game is not over. Let's wait and see at this point. And yes, people do want uh, competition in all markets except for their game stores. <laughs> oh, Tony, please don't. <laughs> uh, Dennis uh, asked, um, do you guys use official Microsoft Update Catalog website to search for Microsoft signed drivers? I don't. No. Nope. Me neither. <laughs> I don't. Well, I I just I just do update. I mean, what, what I typically do is if you're because I do with a lot of OEM machines, you do the update. Yeah. From their own updater, and they, they generally will manage updates really well. But when OS updates typically come from Microsoft, sometimes they do push out the, and you get that weird thing where Microsoft will push out older drivers than you do from your OEM. It's, it's a little wacky. Uh, all right. Uh, next one from, uh, Vinchislav. Uh, will NVIDIA <laughs> or AMD going to revive SLI slash Crossfire with the new checkerboard rendering? You think they ever will? I don't know. The, I mean, the eternal a, question. It's a bright question. I don't. I just yeah. don't think so. I mean, it's a not question yet. For sure. I think everybody's really, really focused on super low latency, and I those days they may come back, they may not. You know, I I personally don't see them coming back anytime soon, but I don't think that's the same as it never coming back. Yeah, but it just it seems like anything that adds a little bit more latency is not working for people. So I mean, people just want clearly, you know. More less latency is just better for gaming. So I think I can partially summon Brad, and just from all the opinions he's expressed on the show so far, where I don't think he would look forward to a new future that includes you know multi GPU setups because of just there was always issue with it working with particular games and then just having to test it is yeah, they usually you know people don't want more things to test. <laughs> well, not even that. I think <laughs> it's just you know the the experience wasn't as good as you would get with a single card. Yeah, I would say yeah. I'm I I was the biggest promoter pro, proponent of multi card GPUs, but I I don't know if we'll ever see them again. Okay. Uh, next one. Uh, oh, real quick. Uh, Jan Jojik uh, gave us two dollars super chat. Thank you. Any chance PC World to host a LAN party ever? That'd be kind of fun. That would be, wouldn't it? That would be That'd really be fun. fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. Those are really those are a pile of work. They're awesome. When you go to a really well organized LAN party, they're awesome. They are really fun too. Yeah, Computex. We'll set it up. Just oh kidding. yeah, we won't wonder they were busy. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I mean, honestly, I don't know how many people in the Bay Area would actually, you know, because it'd be easier if we did it here, not around like some big trade show. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you'd have to have people sign up because you have to have the proper amount of space, and yeah. you, it's better. It's better to have somebody manage it. There, there. I don't know if you guys have ever done land parties, but they are just a blast, especially yeah. at like two o'clock in the morning and. And you know, free people still want free T-shirts at two o'clock in the morning, and it's really, it's really fun. I don't know if I'm, I can, I can help do it anymore. I'm a little old for it, but yeah, 
I'm not against it. <laughs> uh, Twilight15 asked, uh, is the Intel 10900K, is that how are we saying this? 109, wait, 10,900K. What? How do we say that new number, Gordon? <laughs> the, you mean it, so the, the 9900K replacement is going to be the 10900K? I how do you say it? I think so. Well, that's the rumor. It's not, a, it's not announced at all. So 9900K goes to 10 series, replace the 9 with a 10. So, so it'd be... So 10, 10, 900, 10, 900. So 10, 10, 900 or 10, I don't know what they've walked themselves into really difficult. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, one zero nine zero zero K going to be a good competitor to the Ryzen 3900 X. I, I don't know. I'd have to see the part. There are rumors for, there are rumors of this 10 core part. There's also rumors of it having excessive power consumption. There's a reason why they're, they're just rumors at this point. I don't, I, I'm sort of rumors. over the rumors sometimes. I just want to see the parts and People get just too a little too hyped up over it, so it might be because you know, you know it's funny to ask because there's rumors now of a is it twenty two core a twenty two core uh, core X part with I think they're saying all core boost of five gigahertz is is the rumor complete rumor who knows who's making that up it's just some kid in his basement typing on the internet and I think like you know because it's like thirty two core thirty four is just such a resounding just just smackdown of what Intel has at this point but. If you had 22 cores and they all ran at 5 gigahertz, even if, even if you did have to need a ton of cooling, but it's probably for a lot more workloads going to be faster, it feels like, because you're running everything at 5 gigahertz. You have a clock advantage, so it might have more of an advantage. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. We have to see when when we get it. It's, uh, it's up to Intel and AMD to push the parts out and to see what they can do. I think, you know. Getting into the celebrity, who's going out with who, and TMZ is just it ain't worth it. It's not worth it. All right, a couple more questions. Uh, Rooker asked in Discord. Um, they watched the all AMD PC build. Thanks for watching that uh, with Brad, who led it. Uh, why do Adam and Gordon hate the front audio connector? I hate the front audio connector because if you have gone to the point of buying a really, really nice set of of analog headsets. Like oh my god, this has got these got these drivers and he's got this freaking response. And then you plug it into your computer, and you've got just the absolute. You've taken a penny and you've cut it in half, and they cut cut that in half, and they stretch that material into a wire, and then they wrap it around. You wrap it around your power cord because it looks cool, and then you run it against the CPU down over the RAM, cross chipset up to the USB ports. You're going to hear every single noise electrical noise that system makes so my feeling is like if you've actually gone if you're actually still one of the gamers that still uses analog god bless you plug it into the back of the sound card to get the best audio at, at least at least i mean i i still advocate you know yeah having some sort of external deck or even a pcie based thing yeah but if, you, if you're gonna use uh audio the motherboard audio is usually cleaner than the front port the the, the front io port has that sound being introduced into it uh so yeah there's that's why. And I will say, again, I advocate for Adam's into his external decks. I'm into my old school sound cards. They're way about 100 times better than motherboard audio. I'm sorry. It's just, it's like, it's like going from a high refresh panel to a 60 hertz panel. It, it's a world of difference. You don't, you don't want to go back once you try it. I will say as somebody yeah, who, I, I know. here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you had to chime I just, in. I was just going to say, though, <laughs> before you run out and get a dedicated sound card, if you are more like me and don't 
may be able to tell the difference, but don't necessarily care. It is not a necessary expense. Elena, there's still time for you to tell the difference between good audio and bad audio. I'm saying that I'm saying that I'm saying that I'm just saying that I I think that there are people who can tell a difference and but there's also the people who can tell a difference and care and the people who can tell a difference and don't care. So just just know who you are. Yes, it's true. And there's plenty of people out there who say they can tell the difference between uh, 1080p or 1440p at medium and 1440p at high. Uh, graphic settings, you know, if, if you're that nitpicky about graphic, I'm not saying you are saying if there are, <laughs> there are people out there who are that nitpicky about graphics, you should, you should get into audio too. It's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. If you spent a, tw- you know, $1,200 on the 2080 Ti, you know, maybe, maybe spend a little bit more for a good audio too. You know, don't, yeah, don't just dump it all into graphics. Remember, I mean, motherboard audio, even, even people who buy USB audio, you're probably better because you have an external DAC in the USB, right? Yeah. So at least that's cleaner. At least. The motherboard audio that you're getting, it is much improved now, I understand, if you buy a very expensive motherboard. <clears throat> that is the bare minimum. That is that is a minimum amount of effort you can do is a motherboard audio. So that's fine. You can also use the integrated graphics that comes with your Intel board. <laughs> that is the, in, that is the, the minimum amount you can do as minimum well. Amount of flare. We like more flare here <laughs> is what I'm saying. That's yeah. what they come to the PC for, more flair. Yeah. I, I just have to represent my brand uh, here and just point out that not all expenses are necessary, but they can be very desired. That's all I'm saying. No, I, I agree. You know, hey, I, hey, I run an analog VGA 720. <laughs> no, is that 768. It's, it's a 4.3. Gordon, it's, a, it's okay. There's some people out there that we know who like a smooth 30 frames. Yeah. Some people like a smooth, smooth her, uh, 30, 30 hertz uh, on, on audio. So, you oh, know, yeah. it's cool. Smooth 30 hertz. Uh, all right. We're just going to now just have the shirt that says Smooth 30, period. And just yeah. that way you can represent both. Both audio and video, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, uh, a couple more questions. Let's see. So, uh, here we go. Uh, VC Gesture asked, uh, so I already have an Uber gaming editing machine, but I'm looking at hundreds of old interlaced videos that I'm going to fix up for a local museum. Cool project. Uh, I'll need to de-interlace, color correct, upscale, and fix the sound. Oh. Lots of work. Uh, exporting takes forever with all those plugins doing their thing. What would be the ultimate exporting machine with Adobe Adobe Media Encoder? Where uh, where do I need the best, and what can I skimp on? This is an Adam question. I, I mean, it, it's hard because a lot of it depends on what plugins you're running. Some plugins are going to be more CPU bound. Some some yeah. are going to more be more GPU bound. So I, I can't say specifically they they don't list out what they what they are are actually running. Uh, but I mean, cores, you know, you throw cores at a lot of encoding tests. That definitely helps. Uh, yeah. also, yeah. So, I mean, especially uh, Adobe, uh, doesn't necessarily take great advantage of the GPU rendering either. So sounds like a person's already in a good shape though. Cause they've got basically a, a very, you know, beefy gaming and editing rigs. So. I mean, I think it's just going to take time. I mean, yeah. yeah, no matter what, uh, so yeah. it'd be interesting. Cause I mean, some of those, some of those CPU bound Adobe plugins are just monster at multi-threading so maybe but I'd, I, yeah we would have to see the specific plugins you're going to use <clears throat> um here's a good one uh two blue one on discord with next gen cost consoles and likely graphics cards being able to take advantage of hdmi 2.1 why do you think most monitor manufacturers skipped out on hdmi 2.1 compatibility uh they typically skip out of it just because of the design cycle 
like maybe the spec wasn't fully baked when these monitors were already, you know, in the pipeline. So it takes time for it to trickle that because they have to get the spec, test it, make sure it works. They're also, they may use internal hardware that has to support it. And maybe that wasn't available. I imagine they will eventually support it, but you know, monitors are one of the things people rarely upgrade. Seems a little early too, because I mean, the next gen consoles aren't even here yet. Uh, and then Kaz MC asks, oh, maybe this is more of a Brad question. We'll hold on to this one for Brad. Uh, okay, a right, couple more just funny questions. Or <laughs> no, here here's one one last serious one, and then a couple funny ones. All right. Uh, Lorenz asks, um, what? Uh, how is it interviewing Lisa Sue? Is it different from having an interview with other com- uh, CEOs? Uh yeah. I mean. I wouldn't say it's it's different. I mean, again, she plays at a, at a very high level, you know, because she is a CEO. Most CEOs, they are directly responsible to the board and to the shareholders. And so most CEOs are very guarded. They don't want to say something that can be misinterpreted and basically send the stock tumbling, right? So I, I wouldn't say it's that different. It's just cool because she is answering a lot of technical questions. You also you also don't get a lot of CEOs that are going to get too much into the weeds sometimes. I mean, obviously, she said, hey, we got Big Navi coming, right? And we're going to see Zen 3 this year. That's That was – I don't think that was – you know, she, she sort of obviously wanted to release that news, I'm, I'm guessing. so. But it was surprising that she did. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it was surprising. I mean, I mean, obviously, it has to be a calculated move, but still, yeah. it just, it was a little bit off that script, you know? Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I think it's it's cool because, you know, she's she's definitely one of those celebrity PC uh, execs, so it's always cool to, to talk to Lisa Sue, so. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd see, I would say it's definitely a little more special than some other CEOs because of that. So especially because AMD's so doing so awesome right now, and I can tell you there have been years when they weren't doing awesome. Wouldn't be as fun, but right now things are awesome. So she's awesome because of that. Yep. All right, uh, Alejandro is asking uh, Gordon, did you lose any money in Vegas? I <laughs> never do because my I, did I explain to you my gambling? You've explained to me, but not to the worldwide. So I was telling Adam, this is like, if I, I take the $20, now I could take the $20 and put it into the machine and get nothing for it, except for germs off of the, uh, <laughs> the, the machine. Handle. Or I can take that $20 and pretend I want it by just putting it back into my pocket. Juan? And that's how, that's how I got it. Like, if I don't put it in... You know, fat isn't here. <laughs> no, but no, really, you get it right. So I take the twenty bucks. I'm like, oh look, twenty dollars. Put it back in my pocket. Ooh, got this twenty dollars. Want it? Want it? <laughs> See, so no, you didn't do any gambling other than like health risks by shaking people's hands. <laughs> no, the only time you lose money is you lose a, a receipt, so you can't expense it. <laughs> so. Oh, out is. We had a lunch that from last year that was like, I just found this receipt. Oh, right, they already closed the year out. <laughs> yeah, twenty bucks I paid for. All right, uh, uh, here's another one. I'm kind of I'm going to change this up. Mogo asked this in Discord, but I'm going to change it a little bit. Uh, so last year we really, or the past couple of years, we've really chased the Disney sponsorship. Uh, mm-hmm. Isn't it about time we we kind of gave up on Disney sponsoring us uh, and really go after McDonald's? You talk about McDonald's a lot. You know, should we should we really be chasing that McDonald's money? That could work. I mean, I I'm not open to saying the Big Mac is is actually pretty good 
hamburger for what it is. Now, I see, I don't know if that works. All right, the sausage McMuffin with egg is an awesome product, and everybody loves it. Hash browns, not bad. The hash browns are pretty good, too. And the, uh, the apple rib. pie, all the stuff is hot. Yeah. No, yeah, she's yeah. not a fan. I'm sorry. I just I can't do McDonald's. All right, Del Taco. Have you, have you done No, McDonald's we're going to look for the overseas? Del Taco sponsorship. Wait. Have you ever had McDonald's overseas? Uh, I had McDonald's in Canada. Mm, I don't think I had really McDonald's. Count. Like you have to like else. you have to try like in Europe or in Asia. It's really interesting because it's like they take that that layer, that requisite layer of American fast food greasy despair off of the experience. <laughs> well, re- remember, uh, Gordon, we, we went to that knockoff McDonald's in, in Taiwan. Uh, oh. What was the name of that place? There was yeah, like a McDonald's yeah, yeah. and then across there was like a, <laughs> like a regional McDonald's that had some weird like quinoa burger. Uh, Did you try it? Yeah, yes, we I, I tried. We yeah, I tried. I the, we we were like, nah, let's just go over here because yeah. So sure, I had the uh, flail fish knockoff. It was pretty good. No, I meant the quinoa burger. I, I tried the quinoa burger. It was uh, it was interesting. It mm. fell apart, which is like I I I don't like burgers that fall apart. Del Taco, uh, so, I think, yeah. is our best chance, Adam. I mean, I, Del Taco. Fool. I was surprised. My wife says oh, I'm not that impressed. It's like because I'm like you I had Del Taco. Ta- sorry, Del Taco for the first time. This year, didn't you? Because they don't have them really here. I mean, I have to drive to like Sonoma to get a Del Taco. Yeah, I, I will say, uh, you know, a little behind the scenes. Uh, we have Willis, uh, who is now part of the uh, the IDG team. Uh, he'll be filling in here and there. You'll you'll start seeing him more. Uh, he um, uh, he is right now at this very moment, probably maybe he's eating lunch, uh, cutting a, a behind the scenes video that I did. We did one last year. It was fun. I, I think everybody here will uh, will enjoy the. The newest version of the behind the scenes video, uh, <laughs> and especially where Gordon goes to uh, Del Taco uh, for the very first time and tries six Del Tacos. <laughs> uh, you'll have to watch the video to see if it finishes them all. Uh, also, uh, my wife Lindsay just gave us $2. Thank you uh, for Ooh. a Taco Bell sponsorship in 2020. I'm still a big fan of Taco Bell. So, I mean, Del Taco is good. I'm still like, if, if Taco Bell wants to sponsor our run for the border as well, then, then, uh, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. No, good stuff. Uh, all right, I think uh, I think we're done. I think we should go eat because I'm hungry for Del Taco. Which I, for, Taco I wish Bell's I could get Del distance. Taco. I wish I could. Uh, actually, real real quick, uh, last one. Dennis Siberian's asking: Are there any uh, good Star Trek video games? Oh boy! There Not was this anymore. one point-and-click adventure game I played in the '90s, like on my 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 family's very first computer. I don't remember the name of it, but it was it was point-and-click, and, click and I, I got stuck at some parts, and it was just oh, it was so annoying. But yeah, you could travel to planets, and yeah, you know, and then you go down on the planet, and you're just like sitting there pixel hunting, or trying yeah. to like you know yeah. you're like all right, should I put the can in the the toothbrush, and that unlocks the door? You know, it was so yeah, but. I don't know. I don't know if there's Can a good one. in the toothbrush. Uh, you know, it's, it's the whole point-and-click <laughs> adventure thing where it's just like, you know, you, you missed one thing and you're supposed to put two things together that didn't make sense and, you know, you, you mess up the whole experience. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I can point to one good... I never played Star Trek Online. I heard some good stuff about Star Trek that Online. That has been the biggest disappointment with Star Trek as a franchise for whatever reason. Like, it never attracts game developers who really want to make something of it the way that they do with Star Wars. There's a lot of, real, I mean, there's at least a good handful of excellent Star Wars games, but you can't unfortunately say the same about Star Trek. I I think it's just it just shows you the 
the aging clientele for Star Trek nerds. Well, but also, I mean, like, like Star Wars can be, there's plenty of action to be had. Star Trek was never about the action. It was more about, you know, like talking and diplomacy and stuff like that. I actually think it works for an RPG or a, you know, a point and click adventure game. But like, I mean, you're not going to have like, like, you know, lightsaber battles and stuff like that. Like if you have something that's built off of action, it just, it wouldn't be Star Trek. Like, yeah. 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 That's, that's why the new movies really don't. Well, I mean, Deep Space Nine did have a lot of them going to war. for mm, Barely. It's uh, mm. pretty minimal. I mean, not enough to build a, a game off of. Yeah. Um, look, don't, don't burst my dreams. All right. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's hope. a whole discussion for Star Wars games versus Star Trek. I games, still hope. Oh, you know what? You know what I should do uh, in 2020? You know, earlier pre-show, I was talking about doing a, a, a new YouTube channel, the, the PC World ASMR. <laughs> Maybe I'll just read the script of uh, Star Trek, the motion picture. All like this. <laughs> Feature. I still don't Feature. know what that means. You're just going to have, and then you're going to just like put it in Gordon's cube somewhere and <laughs> autoplay it at random moments. Yeah, just he'll, to mess he'll with fall him. asleep to it. It'll be great. <laughs> okay, I don't understand. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I still don't know what that means. But All right. Well, yeah. One you, you'll I have will. to subscribe to it and see uh, my cool uh, <laughs> ASMR videos. <laughs> Even though I have looked that up many times, I still don't understand. I think you're just going to have to put it in the same box as when we tried to explain what thirsty means to you. <laughs> I don't understand that either. <laughs> right. Water? You want water? I mean, I don't uh, thirsty. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, uh, let's uh, let's get out of here. All right, check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Send questions and comments to the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com. Also, if you're on iTunes, leave us a review because every time you do, we try to figure out what ASMR stands for. Thank you for coming. I'm Gordon Young <laughs> with Lady E. Bye, everyone. And Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, subscribe to my PC World ASMR channel. <laughs> we'll see. You. We'll see you later. <laughs>